This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Kia and welcome to Health in the Bay, where we talk all things health. One subject we haven't talked about is how spiritual health is integral to our physicality and well-being. When we face life events such as illness or death, receiving spiritual support can bring comfort and ease our journey. Chaplains say, for that reason, most hospitals have a chaplaincy service and a chapel where people can find solace and support. One of the Hastings Hospital's hidden treasures is its very own service, and today I'm pleased to welcome Chaplain Janine Eplett to talk about the service. Janine, welcome. Well, thank you very much. I'm really pleased to be here. Yeah, Janine, how would you best describe the service and the support it provides? Uh, so we are part of the spiritual support team uh, in the hospital, and um, that covers. Uh, that means we have about we have five chaplains and some volunteer chaplaincy assistants as well, and so we're available to. Um, just to be a listening ear, we're available if there's any religious rituals that people would like as well. But a lot of our conversations are really non-spiritual. It's just for someone to have, um, someone to listen to and um, just explore some things in their life sometimes. And to have a familiar face come in, someone that's not going to ask them any medical questions. And um, so it's really that support there that um, people can tap into any time while they're in hospital. Yeah. Is it a benefit to have mutual ears when they're talking to you? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, we've found that some people will share something that they've never shared with anyone else before. Mm. And uh, they know that this is a safe place, that we're not going to judge them. We're not going to um, pass on any information they don't want passed on as well. It's a safe place for them to have someone to talk to. And that has huge benefits. Yeah. yeah. And um, how do people access your service? So um, we actually are well-known through the hospital, and so anyone that would like to um, see a chaplain can just let their um, nurse know. Uh, when you first come into the hospital, I think when you fill out your forms, there's a place there where you can put something about um, having spiritual support. But also we put out um, little sheets on the breakfast trays every Saturday morning yeah. just to let the patients know that we're available um, if they'd like a chaplain to visit, Um if they want to have communion or prayer on the Sunday, anything like that, or if, if we are having chapel services, then they can come to that as well. What about the different um, denominations? You know, they're, um, you know, the different stripes of religion, yeah. so Anglican, Catholic, yeah. Presbyterian. So our, team has, our team has a, um, a good uh, mix. Actually, we have a Catholic chaplain, we have an Anglican chaplain, we have the Lutheran minister, we're the Presbyterian minister. I'm um, Assembly of God myself. Um, we also have contacts if people would like somebody, somebody outside of that group. So we we try to be ecumenical, so we mm. cover everybody, but we do have contacts if they wanted someone from the Sikh community or a Muslim or a Jehovah's Witness, mm. anything like that. So we have those contacts as well. All right. Mm. So how do you how do you um, become involved with the service? What was your journey? Um, I actually trained to be a chaplain uh, 2012, mm -hmm. so I did that through Alpha Crucis College, so it was a level five diploma, mm -hmm. but I also became a minister in our church, so that gives you a lot of um, experience as well, so I'm an associate minister, and um, so from that training that I've done, I was actually working in a bank at the time, 
and I had a really ma- a marvelous manager who um, was able to give me the time off that I needed to mm-hmm. do that. So mostly distance learning, and um, we had to do practicums as well. So I'd be working full time. It felt like full time study, and then on a Saturday morning, I went round to our local um, rest home and um, did my practicum there on a Saturday morning. So it was pretty full on for twelve months. Um, after I left the bank, um, I actually was a caregiver. I worked for Enliven, and but I found I used all my chaplaincy skills yes, in that as well. It's the same aspect, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, caring for people. Yeah, yeah. And I, I loved that role, but I saw this uh, hospital chaplain role advertised, and I thought, mm, that looks like me. Yeah. And so I applied, and uh, so I've been there nearly two years now. Wow! At the hospital, and you're enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. I know this is definitely where. I'm meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the, the your colleagues, are they, their journeys are similar? Um, so most of them have been ministers in their own right and yeah. have been um, running churches and so quite different mm. uh, background. Um, and our, even our Catholic chaplain, she's been involved in a lot of pastoral care in the Catholic church as well. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, but the other three ha- have been more ministers in the church. So what would your typical day look like? That's a really hard question to answer because no two days are ever the same. But we are able to go to uh, multidisciplinary team meetings. And so that's a chance for us to just find out what's happening on the ward and if there's any referrals. So staff will often give us referrals. Oh, I think they could do with a chaplain to talk to sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, we have... We do do statistic, statistics, and um, so that was through, um, so we're actually employed by ICHC, so Interchurch Council of Hospital Chaplains, and that's funded by the Ministry of Health. So for that reason, we need to do statistics. So, so you've got compliance. Yes, yeah. so we have some um, office work as well. Um, we have our meetings, and about at least 60% of our day would be visiting patients. Yeah. Mm. Are you assigned different wards? Because the hospitals are a very large place, yeah. isn't it, with a yeah. lot of wards? So so one of our chaplains who's full-time uh, looks after the renal unit, and, yes. and she has two other wards that she looks after. Um, John does half his hours in the mental health unit mm. and half in the general hospital. I'm general hospital as well. So whoever's on for the day, we divide up the hospital amongst who's there. Okay. So we try to cover the the wards as much as possible yeah. uh, but we rely on uh, referrals as well yeah so how many people are on each at each day three is it um couldn't be sometimes all five of us there. Wow. yeah so uh, we're a 24 7 service and so we cover the weekends as well yes. plus uh, the three full-time chaplains are available on call at night time too so what sort of ages do you say um a lot of uh the older generation mm. i'd say 60 plus but anybody, yeah. really, anybody that would like someone to talk to, mm. yeah. Do you have a lot of end-of-life conversations? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that coming into hospital, people are often faced with their own mortality. Yes. And especially if they get some serious news. Yes, but it's yeah. a bit confronting. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. And uh, there's, yeah, there's times that you just want someone outside of your group of friend, family or friends to talk to and uh, try and make some meaning out of life. Um, and sometimes people come back to some spirituality they had previously. And so we can help them sort of explore that too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that, you know, with COVID, of course, some people haven't been able to get to church. No. They've been unwell. They can't physically get there. And so it might have been years 
since they've been able to have communion today. And if we can come and offer them communion in the hospital, it is just so powerful. Yes. It means such a lot to them. Mm. Yeah. But it can doesn't have to be religious things either. Just having someone to talk to is huge. Yeah. That's the benefit of mutual ears, yeah. is it? Yeah. 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 That's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can help them um, sort of when we're talking. So well, what has helped you get through things in the past? What has been your strength? What has given you strength? Has it been your family? Have you looked back and thought, oh, I got through something else. I can do this again, you know? And just help them to understand that, uh, for one thing, they're not alone, but also they can do this. Yeah, there are options. There are people that can help. There's some inner strength that they can call on again. Their own resilience. Yeah. 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 Reconnecting them to their own power, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. And, and empowering people to do that is a big part of chaplaincy as well. So we don't come in with all the answers. No. So we sit there and listen and ask, um, reflect questions back to them and also give them the opportunity to find those answers themselves. Mm. Yeah. That's um, that's a very powerful process. It is, yeah. So yeah. how how long do you, do your conversations last? Are they sometimes really lengthy? Yeah, we mm. can have five minute conversations, uh, ten minutes, thirty minutes. It could be up to an hour. It depends on how long they want to talk mm. for. Yeah, but you have to take the cues. Uh, we might think they want to talk a bit longer, and you realise they're starting to yawn or starting to lie back in the bed. It's like mm, I think it's time for. Yeah. How about we catch up again another time? Yeah. yeah. Got it. So your days are different. Yes. Every day is different. Every day. Yeah. That's really fair. Yeah. Yeah. And and you've also got a chapel at the at the hospital. Oh, we're very blessed to have a chapel. Not every hospital has a chapel. Mm. And and we've got beautiful history with our chapel as well. It's part of the original hospital that was built way back. Um, and it was a group of Hastings um, citizens that got together and decided they needed a hospital in Hastings. Uh, there was only the only hospital was in Napier at the time, so probably I think 1920s. Oh yes, going back quite a way, and so Hastings citizens got together to uh, build this hospital. The land was gifted to them, and our chapel is um, part of the original building. So it is actually part of a heritage um, trust building. Wow. And we've got this beautiful stained glass window inside, which is a Jeffrey Fuller stained glass window. So it also comes under the heritage trust. So, yeah, it's just lovely. But it's there, well, apart from COVID, it's there for anybody to come in and just have a, a bit of quiet time. Um, at the moment, it's just open to staff still. Okay. Yeah. And your offices are where? Right behind the chapel. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're like the caretakers of our yes. chapel. Yes. So it's actually called the Nurses Memorial Chapel. So if you come inside, you can see that we have a lot of um, photos and memorabilia for, um, especially for nurses that died in World War One. Mm. And so it's um, quite moving to see some of those stories and see the pictures and and just read some of that history. Yeah. So how long has the um, the service been? Um, an operation and when was it founded yes so I had to look this one up mm. so uh, it was a group of about nine different churches that um, support the um, hospital chaplaincy and this started and was formed in 1997 wow um, so in our Hawke's Bay hospital I'm not too sure how long it's been but it's probably a couple of decades now mm. in, in Hawke's Bay as well mm. so we've got nine partner churches 
and um, we have a lot of churches that still support us financially, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about how you fund yourself. Mm. So a bulk of our money comes from Ministry of Health. Yes. But we do rely on the churches supporting us as well. Mm -hmm. And um, our hospital um, has a local chaplaincy committee, which helps us with some fundraising too. So we do a bit of fundraising. We apply for a couple of grants. Um, so uh, we've been successful in getting some grant uh, through those options as well. And uh, we have a fundraiser coming up, actually. Oh, goody. Yes. Good. So um, we're going... Let's plug that. Yes, yes yeah. you will. Yeah. So uh, through the Focal Point Church and... Mm. Uh, church, sorry. Focal Point Cinema. And um, the movie is Father Stew. Mm. And um, it's going to be one that can appeal to a wide range of people. So we've got that fundraiser coming up on the 21st of July. It's a Thursday night. Good. And, um, yeah, so we're going to have some tickets and posters available very soon from our through our chaplaincy office. Okay, mm. good. Yeah. Well, I hope our listeners get out there and, and help. It would be great and, to support and, us, yeah. Yeah, and support you. Yeah. So um, if anybody wishes to hear to um, hear more about the service or to access the service, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, just phone the hospital and through the call centre there, um, just let them know you want to speak the one of the mm. chaplains and they'll put you through to the office. And so if we're not there, then you can leave a message and we'll get back to you. So um, we actually have, um, I think I mentioned some volunteer chaplains as well. So we'd like to um, do a little plug for the volunteer chaplaincy assistants. So they're marvellous. They help us on a voluntary situation um, with uh, coming in and doing some visits in the hospital as well. So they all choose one day a week that they come in and go into that ward. And they help us with our Sunday services. So it's really, really important for that, um, that have that extra person there as well. Yeah. Just in case the chaplain ends up getting called away, the the volunteer chaplain can come in and um, continue the service. So, yeah, we do training. So there is um, quite extensive training to be a, a VCA as well. Um, but, it's yeah, we just love having them as part of our team. Mm. You're very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, Janine, how do you operate your services? Because, you know, where there's COVID and there's all those restrictions yeah, that, yeah. that kind of restrain how we operate these days. So how do you run your services? We do have to have them on hold at the moment. We oh, were yes. just about to start again this month, and then the, the hospital got hit with the norovirus oh, and yes. the flu. There's quite a lot of flu around at the moment. Mm. So the hospital has decided just to put those things on hold still. So when we do start up again, we um, we have uh, a roster for musicians. Um, we have different churches that come in and help uh, pick up the patients from the wards and in their wheelchairs and bring them to the service and then take them back again. And um, we have our volunteer chaplains that help on the day. Uh, so it's quite well organised. Yeah, really well run. So we have just a half an hour service in our little chapel. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so it's can, a physical service? Yes, we actually have a service when we're able to. Oh, yeah. goody. So it's like a little mini church service. So oh, yeah. You have some um, some hymns and um, a little five-minute message and uh, communion. Um, and, yeah. So it's really, really quite special. Mm. Mm. Years ago, when I was when I was a kid, um, many moons ago, the um, the hospital used to have like the hospital radio. Do they still oh, have that? No, no, that's way back. I think okay. dino- dinosaurs were walking around the earth then. So that uh, this, the um, they always had something on a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So at the moment, uh, the chaplain that's on duty on a Sunday goes to the people that they 
have um, that know they, they would like a chaplain visit. Oh yes, and have communion, so we can take communion to the patient um, if they would like prayer, um, or if there's uh, some people that just in that end yeah. of life situation that would like some support. Mm. Yeah, we look after them on a Sunday as well. That's mm. really great. Yeah. So, do you, Janine, do you have a message for anybody going through tough times? It's very important to reach out to someone else, mm-hmm. to reach out to those that are around you, um, or even an independent person, and just share what's on your heart. I mean, talking about what you're going through is so important. Um, it's I don't want it to sound flippant because it's really important just to be able to share because we internalize so much and things go round and round our heads and sometimes it can be bigger than what we think it is. And But being able to verbalize something and, and hear those words yourself um, just brings some perspective back onto life sometimes. So you know, reach out, talk to somebody, make sure you don't push away your family be honest about what you're going through as well. Like, I'm struggling today. No, I don't want to talk to someone today. I'm having a bad day. That's okay to say that. It really is. Mm. But also, um, yeah, we all know life's pretty short. So you've got to make the most of every single day. You really do. Um, you know, we, some people might live to be a teenager. Some die in their 30s or 40s. Some might live to be 100. But it doesn't matter. You just make the most of every single day. Every day is special. It's a very powerful message. Yeah, yeah. Um, Janine, does um, does spirituality impact someone's health? Does it? Does spirituality impact our health and our well being? Yeah, um, it does. That's a pretty good, big question to ask. Um, I can just say to start with that I've seen people that are in some spiritual distress that has had a physical impact on them actually. And they're quite upset. I've even had that this week. Mm. They're just upset about something in a spiritual way. And it could be something that um, they've never been able to forgive someone. They feel they struggle, that they're not being good enough Christian and things like that. It has a huge effect on them. And it can be a physical thing as well. It can manifest physically. That um, once they can explore those things and talk about what it is, I've just noticed the difference. It's like this weight that lifts off them. And um, so it does. But also, you know, I think we might have mentioned before, you're faced with your own mortality as well sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that has a huge effect on you. And you start to think, what have I done with my life? Um, do I have any regrets? Is there still things I want to do? And so um, the spirituality side of that doesn't have to be religious, of course. we all, I think we're all spiritual. And we all have that spirituality inside of us. It's where we find our meaning of life and what is important to us and how important is it that you make those good memories or you have that family time. And yeah, because the spirituality is a lot of different areas and it can be in ritual and it can be in finding your meaning and what's, what's your life been like and what is there left to do. Yeah. It's very powerful, and that's a lovely way to to finish. Except to ask you, how how do people best contact the service? So uh, once, if you do find yourself in hospital, mm. let your nurse know that you'd like to talk to a chaplain, and uh, they will just give us that referral. They'll get us paged, or phone us, and we'll be there to see you. That Absolutely. sounds really wonderful. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Janine. You're very welcome. It's been very lovely talking to you, and a very it's very powerful. Thank you again, Janine, and I look forward to our listeners joining me next month on Health in the Bay. Until then, go gently. Arohanui, Sandra Forsyth. I will love